peace and blessings glow getters grace and gratefulness to you and to everyone that is going to be tuning in on tonight tonight we have a special um episode on tonight another episode of stop the stigma change the narrative mental health matters and for those of you who are joining in for the first time and you've never been here i want to let you know that this is a candid and open conversation that um i wanted to put together um to talk about mental health deficits uh, mental wealth the power of positivity self-care and self-awareness so i normally team up with healthcare professionals um advocates uh counselors therapists coaches and other prominent individuals that can be a resource um, to mental health. So we come on and we talk about many topics under the umbrella of mental health and self-care because I feel like they go both hand in hand and um, we share resources, tips, and um, coping skills as well as information for you to use to move forward and propel through the stages of your life. So as soon as my co-host comes in, I'm going to go ahead and welcome her on and then we're going to go ahead and get started because I know if your Monday has been anything like my Monday, it has been meticulous. So I think that's her. Just one moment. Hello. Hello. Good evening. How good are you? Evening. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm grateful. You look cute. Thank you. So do you. I'm loving the hair. Thank you. Yours too. I've been watching your your um journey with your hair and growing. It's cute. Oh, you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I kind of like already went in um you know with the introduction, just telling the people more about what this is about, what to expect. Mm -hmm. and the reason for my platform um it's just to have a candid and conversate candid and open conversation about the many topics of mental health and things of that nature however on tonight we're going to be talking about um working learning how to thrive in a toxic workplace yes and i feel like you would be the perfect person to talk about this because of your program women winning at work which was a program that you know I participated in and I really did you know gain valuable insights to help me during my time of challenges working in corporate America and um, I know in your book you also talk about that that's what I forgot oh okay because I was gonna bring my book and everything yes okay um, in, in your book, you know, you talk about the struggles and challenges that you faced. And that's one thing that really made me connect to your movement because it it was relatable, you know, and you're also a God-fearing woman. And, you know, you talked about, you know, um, you know, the spiritual challenges that you had to face with that as well. And the endurance that you built and that you gained from, you know, those struggles. So I was like, oh, yes definitely gotta have her on and it's been a minute since we talked and since i've seen you yeah. i think the last time i seen you was at um hakimia's event uh-huh um and that was a while ago so 
I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. You have grown so much since I first met you until now. And I thought that, you know, the Glow Getters would benefit so much from the gems that you have to share. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and it's good to be in your presence again <laughs> with your positive radiating spirit. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, can you tell them, introduce yourself, tell them who you are? Sure. Yeah, so I'm Tiffany A. Washington, and one of the things that I do really well is help career professionals and emerging entrepreneurs to amplify their brands. And I do that through helping them to accelerate the goals that they already have place within their heart, right? So how do I get those out and get them out in a way that makes sense so that I can either A, monetize them through my personal business structure or B, monetize them through my career. So how do I get my skill sets in order so that I can elevate in those areas? So I also do workshops. I host workshops on a regular and consistent basis. I'm an author, published author, and I'm sure we'll be sharing some, some different gems from the book later. And um, that's what I do. I'm here on Instagram. You can slide in my DMs. You can hit me up on Facebook. And um, I love operating inside of community and making sure that the people that are, reside within my community are helped. And I try to do my best to help them um, in a way that is going to be long lasting. So that's a bit about me. Yes. And that's perfect because it goes back to what I was telling them earlier about me being an advocate and sharing resources that's my biggest thing is to share resources mm -hmm. because I think and a lot of times we just don't know where to go or we don't have the information on how to move forward so this platform allows me to share those resources and show you the people because these are real everyday authentic individuals that are here to help you mm -hmm. so Thriving in a toxic work culture. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so... I this is a safe space, so... Yeah, definitely a safe space, but I think one of the things we have to remember about um, work culture in and of itself is that it really starts at the top. And if you don't have a great leader that is helping to shape and mold that work culture, then it is definitely going to go into the toilet, for lack of a better word. And um, when you start to think about culture and how you fit in, you really start to see how what people do is very, uh, it mirrors what the head of the organization does. So you want to watch out for that. So when you think about a toxic work work environment, one of the questions that I want people to ask themselves is, um, how do I feel when I come to work? How do I feel um, when I operate with my colleagues? How do I feel with the actual work of my hands? And when you start to think about that in context, does it align with what you value, what you value personally, um, and what you value inside of a workplace? And if those things don't align, what's happening at work doesn't align with what you value then you may be experiencing some level of toxicity and it may not just be because bad things are happening at work but it's also because when you are out of alignment with what you know you need to be doing you can start to feel like things are toxic yeah. so i think that's one of the pieces yeah i'm curious to hear what your thoughts are about it too <laughs> i agree um yeah. you know those are a couple of the signs like you said that you can notice like how are you feeling if you're not motivated to want to come to work you're mm -hmm. not excited 
then that is a sign that something's going on. Maybe you need to, you know, check within yourself um, and, and see, you know, what's going on. Evaluate that. Dig yeah. into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If you notice that, you know, you're not being heard at work when you offer you know, insights to certain things, or if you're being seen as problematic when you are opposed, or if you offer an opposing opinion to something, then that, those are also some warning signs as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I've experienced that. Um, And I've experienced that um, while working in education. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I know that you highlighted that in your book because, (laughs) you know, you were a principal at one point. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, everything was, uh, I found myself, you know, find, dealing with those similar situations of where I was being seen as problematic um, because, you know, I had an opposing opinion. I wasn't this the yes man in the room, mm-hmm. you know, um, that can be seen as intimidating. Right. And I didn't really understand that at that, at that particular time um, until I had to get feedback from, you know, someone to help me along that and getting the insights from your your book mm-hmm. um let me see um i know that there was a particular situation where i was seen problematic because um a particular superior had came to me and you know they had some things that they had wanted to address me but their tone the way they addressed me was inappropriate like they yelled at me and everything Mm -hmm. so you know it was like right at the beginning of the day and i was like you know what i'm not gonna say anything now i'm just gonna you know let it roll off and then at the end i will confront that person because with me i don't do workplace drama mm-hmm. and if there is a situation i like to confront that person per- first and try to see what's going on and then you know move move up to upper management if need be so i basically let that person know you know i didn't appreciate you know well i asked them what do we have any issues with, mm-hmm. are we okay because i noticed and when you were talking to me earlier today you know you you were a little bit short with me you cut me off and you even yelled at me and you know that's normally not how we interact with each other whenever um we're here on campus so i just wanted to know you know make sure that everything was good she denied it until I came with those points of why I felt that she addressed me that certain way. And then she, you know, eventually apologized. And there was a whole big old thing about that because it was said that I was being insubordinate and I was, um, I had an attitude. Wow. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, and the thing about it is, um, one of the important things that you said is that you went to the source first before going anywhere else. I think you handled it perfectly, but some people are threatened when you do speak up, as you mentioned earlier. So even if you came to her in the nicest of fashions and she already, or he, I'm not sure, um, if, if they already had it in their mind that they wanted to be in opposition with you, then they're going to continue to carry out with that. And the, and sometimes apologizing is just the surface way of saying, I'm done with it. But they don't really forgive you for whatever they think you offended them with. So um, I think I, in my situation, 
when I was an assistant principal, one of the things that I experienced was my peer. She wasn't even my superior. She was my peer. We were both assistant principals, carried the same titles, had the same roles and responsibilities, just for different grade levels. Mm -hmm. And she thought that she was going to run me. <laughs> she thought that she was going to tell me what to do and how to do it. And I later found out that it was because she wanted to be over a section that I was over uh, as far as reading English language arts. And so once I found that out, I, you know, came to her and I said, you know, we used to be cool. And I hired her. Like, mm. I was the person wow. who gave the stamp of approval for her to come on to our campus. And um, so, you know, obviously I felt good about her being there and I thought she could add value. Yeah. Well, and, and so, of course, I did the same thing that you did. I said, you know, is there something that I did wrong? Um, it seems like we're not on the same page type of deal. And she just... She sucked her teeth, she let out a big sigh, and she rolled her eyes, and she went on about her business. She wasn't interested wow. in um, facilitating a conversation around what was really going on. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, things continue to escalate. And as they escalated, one of the things that you'll find inside of a toxic work environment is if you are in a place where your leader doesn't feel like anything needs to be done or like this is typical behavior, then that behavior won't change. And when other people see that these negative interactions are going on between workplace peers or anybody for that matter, there's a such thing as bystander apathy. And bystander apathy, it occurs when people are hurt and inside of um, compromising situations, but it also occurs when people are being mentally challenged, right? Mm -hmm. So by workplace bullies, if you will, I call my workplace bullies my <laughs> uh, work hag. So yes, um, I remember that. Yes, so with her being my work hag, one of the things that I noticed is that she kept getting away <coughs> with that behavior because I started to notice, notice it wasn't just me, it was my other coworkers and colleagues as mm -hmm. well that she was also manipulating in this way. But when the head of your organization, because remember at the time I was an assistant principal, so our principal, he didn't do anything about it. And several people had already either quit their jobs or they put in their resignation. So this is a real problem. But right. when you see that your leader is not going to do anything about it and there's some bystander apathy involved, then you need to start looking for other opportunities if you don't have that help where you, where you stand. I'm writing that down by standard apathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so in addition to that, yeah, the isolation that you might feel when you are inside of those situations, if you are in a place where you feel like you're being ex out, if you will, or toxic, if you feel like mm -hmm. um, there's a lack of empathy on your camp, or I, I'm saying campus because I'm going back to um, uh, in my education world, but in, yes. inside of your workplace, if you find that there is bullying behavior from your peers or from the superiors, all of those are signs of a toxic workplace. If they consistently overstep their overstep boundaries, meaning that they're always expecting you to work later than what is uh, on a consistent basis. Now, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you have to do above and beyond and whatnot, but if that is part of what they expect on a regular and consistent oh, basis, that's toxicity, you know? So bless you. Right, thank you. <laughs> so all of those things, persistent harassment, 
all of those things matter when it comes to toxic workplaces. Yes, I want to go to the comments because I see that some people are having some things to say. Yes. Hello, Juice and Beyond. Thanks for tuning in. Star Steph. Hey, girl. Hey. Signature is by Sai. She says, real, real, real questions that actually matter. Let's talk. Yes, I think a lot of us have experienced passive leadership in some form. Not only that, but also inferior complex. And I think mm -hmm. that kind of goes back to mm -hmm. what I was saying earlier about where if you have an opposing opinion, then that's problematic. Or, you know, or if you're not the yes man, then you're problematic. And, and that's also a sign of a toxic workplace. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you can't, you know, break out of the mold a little bit or mm -hmm. just be different be yourself yes. be authentic of course and good leaders they embrace that authenticity and they also embrace pushback as long as it's presented in a professional manner because one thing about a leader is that they're a facilitator they're the vision holders they're the carriers of what needs to happen in order for the mission to be complete and if everybody's like you if everybody thinks like you and talks like you and acts like you then how are you molding other good leaders and molding the skill sets that they have and that's to me that's the sign of a great leader in and of itself somebody who knows that they don't know everything and so they onboard yes. people who know the things that they don't know or that they don't do as well right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um yes toxicity at its finest when you rule with an iron fist and think that your way is the only way yes i would like to add that another like warning sign would be like if you're constantly getting sick you know, yes. mm -hmm. that has a lot to do when you're stressed, <laughs> when you're tired, you know, when you're even when you're upset, like that has a lot to do with your physical body. Mm -hmm. And um, that can also trigger trauma, you know, in, in the body. Yes. So um, it's important to pay attention to yourself and be self-aware. Like if you notice that you've been getting headaches a lot lately or you can't really sleep, your sleep pattern is off. You know, that could also be a sign that you are in a toxic workplace. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I understand that, you know, a lot of people are working jobs that are not their dream jobs. And I know that they, you know, have to make ends meet. Um, we're not saying that, you know, if you find yourself experiencing the warning signs that we're talking about that you just got to quit your job because i believe that you need to have a plan <laughs> but Absolutely. you want to make sure that you know if if you're experiencing these things and it's checking off your list and you know you're like okay well it's time for something new i, I would encourage you to have a well thought out plan before you decide to move on to another job or you know another place of employment yeah, definitely. Um, in total agreement with that. So many people jump ship before it's time and before they have their plan in place. But I think another important thing to note is um, when you start to have those those physical reactions to your toxic workplace environment, it's also time for you to start to employ some additional help, right? So yeah. when I was working inside of my situation, I became so overwhelmed, so emotionally drained, so depressed 
uh, that I ended up having to go to my employee workplace, uh, if you will, the health center, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, so that I could seek out mental health services, right? And so for any of you who are watching, everybody has an employee program where you can um, seek the help of someone, especially as far as mental health is concerned. And you get so many visits for free. Now, plans vary by by situation, by by employer, but for me personally, I had to take them up on that offer. You know, you get so many uh, free visits because you already have a health plan, and mm-hmm. then um, you might have to renew with a new person, but that's part of what the plan is, right? And so right. I found, after I had lost 20 pounds, and I wasn't trying to lose 20 pounds, I knew that something was wrong. You know, um, I didn't want to get out of bed. I cried myself awake every morning, if that makes any sense. Meaning, I knew it was time to get up at 5.30, but I couldn't physically get myself out of bed until 6 because I was dreading going to work. I always had a nervous stomach because I always knew that I was going to run into my perpetrator because I had to work with her. You know, she became so... um, emotionally violent. She became so emotionally violent with me by ignoring or being exclusive. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for me, you know, being a woman of faith, I really took to heart the saying of, you know, turning the other cheek. Right? But as I went through that process, I also understand that turning the other cheek still doesn't mean that you can run over me like a doormat. So, yes. of course, as I part to those sessions, I started to uh, take some of my power back. And then, of course, it came to a head and I had to report it not just to my principal because he already knew, uh, but to his supervisor. Right. <laughs> so I reported it to her. We had this whole big meeting about it. And of course it was shunned then as well, unfortunately, because that was the culture of education across not just my campus, but in general, you know? So in general, what you all don't know, for those of you who may not be educators or work inside of education, being a bulldog is something that people smile about. Being a person who, works and operates with an iron fist is and they are seen as being people who get things done right and so leadership tends to like those people because that is the culture and the nature of the behind the scenes so mm-hmm. of course all you see are the kids smiling <laughs> and you know but the the adults <laughs> they are forced to a be a whole nother level yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, and of course, I'm telling my story in parts and pieces. So eventually I asked for um, a transfer because I couldn't be on that campus anymore and thrive because it was affecting my health at this point. You know, now I'm seeing a mental health professional. I wasn't at first. Now yeah. I've lost 20 additional pounds and I wasn't trying to. Now my stomach is always queasy. So yeah, it's time for me to find something else. And initially she told me, she said, you know what? You you don't really have many choices. You can either resign or you can tough it out and tell her to leave you alone. I'm like, but I've already told her to leave me alone. <laughs> like I've right. already escalated the situation. Like I started 
where you said, Australia, which is going directly to her. Then we actually had an actual meeting with the school counselor and us, and that still so was a mediator. And it yeah, still we was no. We had a whole mediator. <laughs> and so, you know, after I went up that chain of command, I was realized, you know, this is not going to get better because I'm the only willing party. Right. Mm-hmm. So after I decided that my health and well-being was it, it mattered more to me than the position that I held. That's why I was like, either I, I need to transfer. But of course, yeah. I couldn't quit because right. I needed my income. That was my livelihood. Right. So, you know, when you're faced with those types of situations for anybody who's listening, if you are faced with those situations, follow the protocol. And if you need to report it, report it. That's where I report it. The EEOC is a real thing. um, And that is the Equal Employment what is it, Opportunity Center. So HR. Yep. Mm -hmm. And go to HR and you report it. Get you a paper trail going because after the first incident, I started writing things down. I started writing down a very descriptive details of what happened every single day because every single day something happened. Yes. If she was nice that day for whatever reason, I wrote that down too. Like <laughs> today, today was a breaking pattern. She actually smiled or she, you know, things that were out of the ordinary because I wanted them to see all right. sides of it. Right? Right. Because that's how you protect yourself. You protect yourself with the paper and the pen. Yes, and I'm glad that you said that because I agree, you know, and that was also a route that I had to take with notating everything or saving them emails or making sure that I only emailed her so that I could have a trail, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that's important. And also reporting it, you know, how are things going to change if nothing's being addressed? You have to report it. You can go to HR anonymously, you know, if you don't Mm -hmm. want to be known. There are ways that you can do it secretively if you're concerned about that. Um, But I would also encourage to report it. I mean, that is the only way for it to be addressed, you know, um, at a higher level Mm -hmm. and um, to, to bring some awareness to it. You know, we have to talk about it, especially when you're in toxic work cultures that are um, ethnically stifling. Mm -hmm. I've had to deal with, you know, co-workers that have made comments about my hair choices Mm -hmm. and they were superiors. And it's just like, no, you never really talked to me. But the many, but today you want to talk to me because I had my hair straight and you say that you like me better or like my hair better when I wear it like that mm-hmm. yeah. that's not acceptable that's so not acceptable. right so, you know, <laughs> yeah. something has to be said about that right. and you know yeah you do have to face that question like is, is this going to affect my job are people going to like me but also at the same time you have to question yourself and ask is it really worth it is it worth you dealing with the stress is it worth you being depressed is it worth you being exhausted and tired when you go home i mean right. you have to pick you could pick and choose mm-hmm. yeah definitely reevaluating your career choices reevaluating where you are i think some of us stay in some places longer than we should because we're scared or because we don't feel like it, right? We're scared because what if I don't find another job that I like? Or I already know what I'm dealing with here. If I go somewhere else, there's the fear of the unknown. I don't know what I'm going to be getting myself into. Yeah, or 
I don't feel like doing that right now. I'm not at a point. When you get to your breaking you're complacent. point, you're gonna, yeah, you, yeah. When you get complacent, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to continue to ride this out and I'll continue to live this mediocre life. And I'm not saying that it's shade. I'm just saying that when we right. decide that we're going to stay inside of something, we're living beneath of the level of excellence that we've been called to, right? Because, yes, there's a certain level of stuff you are going to have to put up with on any job, which is why I recommend putting things in place so that you can eventually exit, you know, and I'm talking about on the business side of things, always right. having a little cushion, you know, and eventually work your way out. Um, right. But for those of, and, and business owner, business full time is not for everybody, but I do believe it's not <laughs> having income streams is for everybody. Yes. And COVID alone has proved that. Proved yes. that. And then also, if you do end up in a place where you want to walk away, building some type of additional in income stream for yourself could help you to do it that much more quickly so that's why i always advocate in that particular avenue as well but as far as your career is concerned if things that are being done on your particular job are out of alignment with what you know you've been called to do then you need to start making plans on how to make an exit so that you can be happy. Life is too short. Yes. And it is. <laughs> and with everything that has unfolded with COVID, yes. I mean, a lot has been put into perspective for us yes. collectively. Yes, absolutely. So when you think about it in that regard, how do you want to live out the rest of your days on this earth? Because it's truly not promised to us. We just have the audacity to think that every day is promised to us. <laughs> You know, oh, I can do that tomorrow because it'll still be there, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, it's good to think in those mindsets for some things, you know, like the work is still going to be there tomorrow. Tomorrow, right. Whether I'm there or not, the work is going to be there. But at the same time, your happiness and your fulfillment is the only thing that you have that keeps you going inside of life and if you know that you want to be happy and fulfilled to the highest level then it behooves you to do something about it to make sure that that's protected yes yeah um so i wanted to add one more thing to the of the effects of the mental health i wanted to add that you know being in toxic workplaces can also trigger self-sabotage oh yes that's a good one yes it'll fun. have you thinking that you're not good enough or you're not worthy or maybe you just meant to stay here maybe this is all it is for you and that's not true right and that's oh, like telling ourselves no before we even have an opportunity to hear a yes, for example. It's like, yes. oh, yeah, I don't want to apply for that job because I'm probably not going to get it anyway. Well, why put yourself out of step in? The thing about us self-sabotaging, especially when it comes to going after different things that we want for our life, is um, we psych ourselves up to think that we are not worthy because we don't check off all of the boxes, right? So all That's of the boxes on the job description, they say, I need to have this. Oh, I have to have this many hours. I need to have this degree or I need to have this certification. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth of the matter is that white males 
who are probably half your age are applying for those same positions <laughs> and okay. they are receiving them because they had the audacity to do it because they didn't care what the what boxes they checked out that's the very essence of privilege and there are certain privileges that we should just walk in because wow. we know that inherently we are capable and we've been given everything that we have divinely that it, yes. that it is necessary for us to operate inside of our purpose and operate inside of the capacity that we currently have and because you know that inherently you already have that regardless of skin color or regardless of whether you're a male or a female you mm -hmm. know that you've already been called you've already been chosen you, your answer is already yes. It's just about getting to the door that is going to open for you. And that only happens by you consistently going after it. And when you remain complacent, when you remain in a place where you where you have um, put chains on your own self, then mm -hmm. you're self-sabotaging. Stop it. <laughs> Come on, wonderful and filthily made. <laughs> Yes, that is so true. Yes, that is so true. And I, you know, when you break it down like that, it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, she right. Yes, I have limited myself because I thought that I only had to be everything in the expectation box. But it's okay, even if I don't have it, because that's an opportunity for me to grow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because when you think about when you think about just job titles and careers alone, people are behind the scenes making that stuff up, you know, <laughs> based on what they think they want for a lot of these roles, you know? Yes. I, mean, just, I won't say that's a blanket statement for everybody, but mm -hmm. you know, just take me for instance. I could put all of these glowing things on as a business owner behind my job description of somebody that I want to work for me. However, I already know that all of us are imperfect human beings, but what skills do you have that may not exactly meet this requirement, but it could be molded into something else? And nine times out of 10, the hiring managers are also looking for those same things, right? Not somebody, mm -hmm. you know, if you if you find somebody that checks off all the boxes, great. They could still be a horrible employee. But if you right. find somebody who has complementary skill sets, a lot of times that's acceptable uh, to people, you know? So, mm -hmm. and, and we know already how much <laughs> nepotism there is inside of the workplace. And we already know how many people get handed jobs because of favors or because they knew somebody. All of this. So if people can get jobs not based on qualifications, but because they knew somebody, you can definitely apply for a job that you feel that you might be a little bit less qualified for and take your chances. Because That's the point, the worst thing that can happen is you are rejected. You get a no, but that's a part of life. And right. if we continue to walk through life fearing rejection, then we are going to stay in the exact same place that we were and we'll watch other people make laps around us. And then that will make us to grow bitter, that will make us grow unresponsive, and yes. that will make us not fully live out what our purpose is. Because the thing about it is, and this is, used to be true of me, I knew I was a great writer. I knew I was a great speaker. I knew that I had the ability to compel other people. But I was lost in the fact that because I had these skills, that opportunities were just going to fall in my lap. 
you know, it wasn't until I, I, you know, of course, I always had the opportunities because I worked for them. But when I became an entrepreneur, it was a totally different thing. I had to work for a lot of this stuff. I had to work for everything, but some things just did not come naturally. So it's like, Lord, you mean that just because you gave me these awesome talents that money's just not going to fall out of the sky? Faith <laughs> without work is dead. What he said? Exactly. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, yeah. So, um, I'm off my soapbox on that, but you definitely have to make sure that whatever you're given, that you are being faithful over the things that you're given as far as your skills and talents are concerned. Yes. And I want to add that, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, um, things to look for or signs and what to do when you're faced in a toxic workplace, which is one of the things that one of the options that we talked about was making a plan to exit or having that exit strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to talk to those individuals that do have a business that are working corporate America and, you know, trying to build their business or thinking about starting a business. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be, if you find yourself in a toxic work environment, use that as motivation to get your plan together for your business or start working on your plan. That was one thing you also talked about. And that was also one of the confirmations that for me to start my business and start taking it more seriously. Yeah. So um, I've been doing that and I've grown so much, Mm. you know, from that inspiration that you had stated about that. And I was using that time, you know, instead of me getting upset or whatever and being like, you know what? Uh, I know she didn't. (laughs) I, I was using that time, you know, the breaks that I had on my lunch break, you know, I was putting together my uh, plans and getting together content for my page. You know, I'm still growing. Mm-hmm. So um, can you like share, share more about that or talk to the entrepreneurs? <laughs> yeah. What, what can we call them? <laughs> yeah, you can call them entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs, aspiring yeah. entrepreneurs. Um, but if you're in a place where you think that you want to get started with a business and you know that some of that has been sparked because of your current workplace situation, or if you just know eventually you want to do something for yourself, one of the things that you have to start doing is creating time that is not interrupted. So when I wrote my book, Women Winning at Work, the book that you're referencing, I woke up every morning at 4.30 in the morning to write a chapter of that book. I had an accountability partner and that accountability partner would check in with me daily to say, okay, how are you coming along with, you know, your first chapter, your second chapter and so on. Because I needed an outside voice to remind me of what I was supposed to be doing. But then also I knew that if I wanted to go long-term with my business, I needed a platform. So the platform was going to be my book because the book also gave me the credibility and that Mm -hmm. credibility garnered contracts 
And those contracts allowed me to talk about workplace bullying, which is essentially what my book is about, how to overcome workplace difficulty. So mm -hmm. I knew that I had to start there. I had to start with building my credibility first, but I also knew that it wasn't gonna write itself. <laughs> I had to do it. So getting up at 4.30 was a small sacrifice for the multi-figure multi contracts that I ended up receiving as a result of spending those few weeks writing the book, right? Because I wrote my initial draft in 21 days. I wrote the devotional in 21 days. And then of course, I sent it over to the editor and she gave me a bunch of edits to go back and work on. So the second piece was actually what took a little bit longer than the first piece. But what you have to do is get your ideas out. So if you're not spending time getting your ideas out, you're never gonna leave your workplace if that's what you so desire. So I think that's my first tip, um, setting aside time. And then secondly, um, not allowing anyone else to uh, tamper with your time. And that includes you because sometimes we can put things off because we want to go to that happy hour. I mean, pre-COVID, right? Um, so we want to go to that happy hour. We want to go to this event. We want to do, but it's a short-term sacrifice for long-term gains. Right. And that's the way you have to think about it. You have to think about a business as playing the long game. Just because you get into business today doesn't mean you're going to start making I can hear you. <laughs> okay, sorry, it was a call come in. Oh, no worries. Um, yes, yeah, so I didn't get to hear the last part of what you stated, but let's go to the comments because I see mm -hmm. that there are some more people coming in. Hey, y'all. And signature by side says, yes, headaches, emotional eating, been through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they were talking about that. Come on, confirmation. Y'all need to teach this at workplace environments. Mental yeah. health training. <laughs> yeah, and I do. <laughs> that's that's the other side of my business. That's what the speaking <laughs> side of my business is about. It's all about workplace bullying and training. Absolutely. There you go. So you got somebody's signatures by side. You need her to come out. <laughs> Hit her up. Slide in the DM. She already said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who is this? Chan Chanda? Hey girl. Chanda Manning. Hi, Chanda. D Pooty, what's going on? He says, hello, beautiful queens. Hello to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think we have pretty much covered all that we wanted to talk about on today. Mm -hmm. Um we talked, we identified some triggers. Um, right. talk about how you can, how this can affect your mental health. And we also shared some coping skills on how to thrive. Yeah. So, um, Tiffany, I will let you close out with any other advice that you want to share. Also, please let the people know how they can connect with you. If you mm -hmm. have anything coming up, let us know. We want to know about it and uh, just let us know how they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the closing impartation that I would leave is the power of one thing, whether it's holding on to one thing in order to get you through a situation or whether it's building one thing to get you out of a situation. Meaning uh, if you want to 
go down the path of business ownership, start with one product or one service. If you want to continue on in, in your career, but you're having difficulty on your job, start with the one thing that keeps you within that job, right? Um, as far as the platform of the job is concerned, but also what's one thing that needs to change in order for you to continue to thrive in your career. And if that if that's shifting to somewhere else, then hold on to that one thing and work at it until that shift happens. So if that's applying for jobs, if that is um, learning a new skill so that you can move up, all of those things, one thing. So as far as where people can find me, first of all, you can find me on Amazon. <laughs> and on Amazon, you can find my book, Women Winning at Work, which is a lot of what we talked about tonight. And it is a 21-day guide to experiencing success in the face of workplace difficulty. So it's a 21-day devotional. Um, so go on Amazon, type in Tiffany A. Washington or Women in Winning at Work, and you'll be able to find it. The next thing I have going on is actually the Women Winning at Work power series so um continuing with that theme it this is for people who are new to business ownership want to start a business but you need a plan for your fourth quarter so what i'm doing is hosting a monthly series and each month the focus is different so for october we're focusing on how to rev up your fourth quarter how do i plan for it so that i am successful in the fourth quarter and for 2021 at the top of the following year. So what I do is walk you through step-by-step step on some basic systems and strategies that you need to have in place in order to meet your monetary goals or even to get your business started up, whatever that is. So um, this morning I had 20 slots available. Now I have 18 slots. So if that's something that you're interested in, if you really want to plan out your um the fourth quarter, then that is going to take place on October the 10th, but doors close either when the tickets sell out <laughs> or by October the 6th. So you have an opportunity to sign up. Just go to at transformation seven, which is my, my handle. And you can find that link in my bio, the women winning at work power series. So those are the two best ways for you to um, link up with me and connect with me. And otherwise, just shoot me a DM if you have some additional questions that you want me to follow up with um, after we talk here with Australia. So thank you so much for sharing your platform with me. Oh, no problem. And I would love to add your information as a resource on my website because business mentors coaches are important mm -hmm. and um you know they help you with those roadblocks they help you avoid those roadblocks they help you you know move forward and just shed some light on some things that you could avoid right you should know as a business owner like you said you know so um i will be definitely adding your information as a resource on the website because i feel like mental health is super important for business owners absolutely you no know, um we deal with a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a lot that goes into it and like you said even though you started a business today it may not mean that you're gonna be in it next week so right. it's very important to have those accountability partners mm -hmm. and people to help guide you through the through these times absolutely so thank you so much again for coming on and talking with me and sharing more insights about you know the gems that you dropped on today um 
I hope that you guys got a lot of good information. I hope that this has helped you in some shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, be looking out for the next conversation that we have, which is going to be on the uh, the 10th. I'm going to be talking more about, you know, toxic workplaces. So um, if there's not any more, we're going to leave you to enjoying the rest of your evening, you guys. Peace yes. and blessings to you. Thank you. Talk to Bye. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>